Well, thank you for joining the Caffeinated Theology Podcast. We're here today with our third episode of Season 3, where we're discussing the work of the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, We will talk about the term born-again Christian. Is that a good term? Is that an edifying term? Should we use that term? Um, We'll dive into a little bit of discussion on cultural Christianity and uh, how the church in America uh, can tend to uh, wrap up their nationalism um, into their faith, and we'll talk about some dangers with that. Um, We'll even talk a little bit about how the walking dead can relate a little bit to Christianity, maybe, how it can be a good analogy of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, of course, also today, um, we are joined by our friend Lloyd-Jones, and uh, we're looking forward to diving into a little bit of discussion today about the Holy Spirit. So stay tuned for Episode 3 of Season 3 on the work of the Holy Spirit. Discussing Theological Truths for Biblical Living. Reviewing featured coffee roast and premium brewing techniques. This is the Caffeinated Theology Podcast, bringing you biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee. Welcome to Caffeinated Theology Season 3, Episode 3, right? That's what we're on. Okay. Uh, as you can see, we got a guest with us today, and he's going to be joining us for the topic of how about the Holy Spirit? And part three. Part three. So here, uh, here with us today is Mr. Lloyd. Lloyd Jones is with us today. He's going to uh, help us navigate through some of the tough um, aspects of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, but we got some catching up to do, I think. Yeah, when's the last time you were on, Lloyd? I can't even remember. My goodness. Um, I believe it was – I don't know if I was in season two or not. You were in season two. I remember it was at least uh, when we went to Nashville. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, I think that was been, the I think last that one. may have been the last one, yeah. Yep. So what you been up to? Not much. Um, just working. Uh, changed jobs uh, in December. Um, wedding planning, which, of course, that's 80% of the time anyway. Um or at least my mom makes sure make sure every time <laughs> yeah. we, we talk it's about the wedding. Um, back and forth between uh, Hosky and Williamston. Feel like uh, I know the road better than nobody, mm-hmm. everybody now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the gas, I'm hoping to forget about it because yeah. it's getting kind of crazy. Tell you what. So other than that, enjoying life. Um, yeah. Like I told you a few moments earlier, just signed a lease today for. A new house, which is exciting. I feel like a real adult, but then again, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to have been an adult like four or five years yeah, ago. Yeah, so. yeah. You're, fo- you're following the tater path. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, well, but yeah. well cool. Um, well, like I said, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit uh, in this, um, well, really all of season three, kind of. But um, since you're uh, with us today, we're going to kind of throw you a curveball here. <laughs> all right. Somebody says, um, describe the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can use scripture or in your own words. Um, how, how do you respond to somebody that wants to know about the teaching 
of the Holy Spirit. Most people won't come up to you in a conversation yeah. and say, well, tell me about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit <laughs> as it's laid out yeah. in the catechism of, you know, but yeah. in your own terms, how do you um, respond? I think one of the most important things, which we were talking a little bit before, um, just with the different views on God and, and you know, in uh, Trinitarianism itself anyways, just specifying that we're talking about a separate person than the God the Father or God the Son. We're talking about God the Holy Spirit and not a version of one of the previous. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Scripture, I um, don't know any off the top of my head. Um, I do know uh, when Jesus is being baptized that we get three of the three listed that, you know, the Father, mm-hmm. Son, and Holy Spirit um, as well. But I think that would be one of the main things to lay that concrete foundation of making sure that we're all on the same same page of hey we're not talking about jesus in a different form we're talking Mm -hmm. about a completely separate person who exists at the same time that jesus exists and stuff like that right and we would we would kind of um add on to that too that even though we're talking about god the father as separate they're still one yes Yeah. Yeah. yeah So. Yes, it's it's one of those doctrines that really uh, we'll never completely fully understand this side of heaven, but we can understand mm-hmm. a good a good deal about it. Um, you know, I had I had somebody uh, the other day ask me the the you know question you get a lot of times. Uh, well, if uh, God has always existed, how, what was before creation? How did He always exist? And, and you know that's another one of those mm-hmm. those kind of uh, um, ideas that we just can't wrap our mind around. Um, we're bound mm-hmm. by physics, the physics that right. God set up during creation. He's outside of that. And I think a little bit of trying to understand uh, the three persons of the Godhead, but yet all being the still being in one mm-hmm. God is something that we we can kind of get a grasp at. And we talked about this, uh, like you said, in the when we talked about the Trinity, um, there's no real um, illustration you can use. Yeah. Um, every illustration I've ever heard falls mm-hmm. short. Fall short way, I remember yeah. the first one I ever heard, um, somebody used Kool-Aid um, to try to teach children about the Holy Spirit. And they used the old school Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. um, you know, where it was Kool-Aid, water, and sugar. Oh, okay. And uh, they said, they're mm-hmm. all Kool-Aid. But really, the sugar wasn't by itself. It's just sugar. So, like I said, it all, uh, yeah. all, all the, the illustrations mm-hmm. out there fall short. Yeah, and because yeah. like with with Kool Aid, you have, um, there they are three. I mean, they make Kool Aid, but, um, you know, they exist. You know, out outside. So yeah. they'll be like. Uh, sugar or water or Kool Aid, and you wouldn't say, "Well, sugar's Kool Aid, well, or water's Kool Aid, mm-hmm. and Kool Aid's Kool Aid." You know, yeah, they said, well, the Kool-Aid, you know, that's Kool-Aid. That's God. That mm-hmm. represents the Father. And the water, you know, Jesus uh, is the living water. And, then, you know, you put it in the in the powdered Kool-Aid, and it's still Kool-Aid. Right. And then the Holy Spirit sweetens your life. So oh, okay. you put that in, and it's sweet, and yeah. it's good, and mm-hmm. but it's still Kool-Aid. I'm like, but it was still sugar and water. Yeah. So and, and, you know, they, they weren't trying to be heretical or... Yeah. They were trying to explain something that, like I said, really you just mm-hmm. can't completely wrap your mind around. But that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times, that's you try. People will try to use that as a defeater um, of the mm-hmm. Triune God. 
when it's okay to be able to right. know that we can't fully wrap our mind mm-hmm. around yeah. around certain things. Right. Okay, cool. So have you ever heard anybody <clears throat> use the phrase uh, born-again Christian? And so yep. the, <clears throat> the part of our discussion where we'll talk about this is the active part of of the Holy Spirit in what we call regeneration or being born again. So let's let's talk about that phrase for a minute. Um, does that has that ever at any moment ever thrown you off when when somebody says, "Are you a born again Christian?" Um, and why? You know, why would it? If, if somebody says that to you, why would that throw you off? Well. Uh... I guess literally, if you think through what that means, you're almost, you know, we, we mentioned this earlier. Um, it's like you're saying, I'm a Christian Christian. Mm-hmm. Born again is, uh, by definition, mm-hmm. a follower of Christ. It's what happens to to uh, to our being, if you mm-hmm. will, when we yep. um, come to know Christ. Jesus said, uh, in response to Nicodemus, um, you know, Nicodemus was puzzled when Jesus said, you must be born again, and he said, how can you, how can You're an old right. man go into his mother's womb and be born a second time? And, you know, I think most people watching this or listening are familiar with John 3. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Jesus goes on to say, um, you know, you born humanly, uh, born of the flesh or the water, um, mm-hmm. but then you must be born of the Spirit. Right. And, and that's... Uh, what born again literally means is being uh, born into the family of Christ or a spiritual birth mm-hmm. from death to life. Right. And uh, so it, saying a born again Christian kind of like we said, it's like saying a Christian mm-hmm. Christian. But, uh, right. but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I've, I've found myself saying, uh, are you a follower of Christ or a Christ yeah. follower more often? And it's not because there is a stigma on the word Christian, because some I've heard some people say they don't use that term anymore because it's um, it has almost reverted, well, not reverted, but become a derogatory term. Um, but just as a practice, I mean, I have used the you know a Christ follower, or follower of Christ, not because I don't think that we should use the term Christian, um, but I, I just find that kind of interesting that people kind of do that now you know they don't use the term christian or yeah and and i think that's kind of when you talk about born again christian um i really don't mind the term Mm -hmm. because uh on the same kind of probably um you can correct me if if i'm off here um, but on the same reason that you would say are you a christ follower uh culturally what it means to be a christian um, sometimes it's very far away from what right. a born again person is, yeah. or what a true follower of Christ is. You know, um, in our context in in the southeastern United States, uh, people would say they're Christian just because they've grown up going to church. They may have never repented of their sins and um, cried out to God for mercy and forgiveness, but they've gone mm-hmm. to church their whole life, or they just even believe acknowledge right. god exists and say i'm a christian okay yeah you say born again christian and first thing i think of is 
probably like around, I think it was like 2012, there's like a YouTube series that came out um, about like the use of the word believer and how mm-hmm. um, it really emphasized, like the main, the main point was like what even the demons believe. So are you yeah. like, what exactly are you mm-hmm. saying when you say you're a believer in Jesus? Like, do you believe he existed or do you believe he's Lord and Savior? Right. You know, because that's two different, completely different things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you say, when I hear born again, I kind of think of the same thing, like, I would say I'm a believer, but I mean something different probably yeah. than Joe Schmo over here who, you know, who went to church as a kid but then stopped going and, right. you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not saying don't use the word Christian. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. biblical. It was mm-hmm. It's in the Bible. Um, we're just, you know, saying be mindful of cultural context yeah. and uh, and – you know, what we mean when we say it, you know, like, mm-hmm. so we could say we're Christians all day long. And this is something we talk right. about with our students. Uh, um, what does our life and actions say? Yep. Um, we want to represent right. Christ well. <laughs> and unfortunately, um, sometimes in culture, if we just uh, broadly lump ourselves in, uh, we may uh, misrepresent Christ, if, yep. if that makes sense. Yep. So, I had a thought, um, maybe a little rabbit trail of sorts. So the Holy Spirit um, is active in, well, I mean, regeneration, regeneration, making us alive, quickening us. We were dead men walking. The Holy Spirit brought us to life, and we were... We were saved. We realized we were a sinner, and we were saved. The active part of regeneration, the Holy Spirit, okay, pointing us to Jesus, that we're sinners. Think about that in terms of cultural Christianity. The Holy Spirit don't save us to nationalism, mm-hmm. doesn't save us to wrapping ourselves in the flag and patriotism mm-hmm. and those type things. But... That's what you see in a lot. We're talking about cultural Christianity, and and so you said that you don't mind the phrase cultural. I mean, uh, you don't mind the phrase born again Christian because, in some way, it kind of um, it sets us apart from that cultural Christianity, mm-hmm. that way of thinking. Um, so do do you see? Do you guys see that prevalent in? In the church, I mean, I, I kind of see it, not necessarily just in where we live, but do you see that sense of cultural Christianity and in, and in what way? I mean, how do you... I mean, it's so, just, like, we are in liberty, right? Yeah. So yeah. did you see... Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Love the school, but mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not just the school or a specific church. I mean, I see it. I've seen it th- pretty right. much my whole life, more and more prevalent right. today. Um, and I think now that I've been exposed to it, and mm-hmm. I think it's more obvious to me as well, um, things that I used to listen to or people I used to listen to, I pick up now and mm-hmm. little phrases and terms and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, that's not quite right. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely seen it and kind of the same uh, idea going with uh, like students at Liberty just having to say, you know, well, we need to go back to the scripture on that. Let's go back to Scripture and see what Scripture says. Cause, right. um, and sometimes, you know, I mean, 
I think one of the issues with that too, or the difficulties of navigating that is it's sometimes they've been brought up that way and say maybe their local church and they don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in, you go to the scripture, but they've already, they've been prepared for that and they have read something into the text that right. isn't there. Um, but yeah, hmm. so I've definitely seen it before. Though. Right. Yeah. So we're being conformed to the image of Jesus, yes. not to the United States or wherever nation we're in. Yeah, so. yeah we. I mean, we yeah. we saw that uh, at the national convention mm-hmm. yep. in Dallas, Absolutely. and we saw it this year too. But in Dallas, um, it was kind of a, a big point because uh, I, what year was that? Was that twenty nineteen? When we went to Dallas, when the vice president was there, was that yes? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Pence mm-hmm. uh, gave kind of uh, one of the days he gave an address at the convention, and um, also on top of that, the person who did the opening prayer of the convention, it may not have been the opening prayer, it was right. something at the very beginning. It was something that kind of opened the convention. Was a local. Uh, politician in yeah, uh, in Dallas and it caused some contention in the uh, in the mm-hmm. I mean imagine that contention at the Southern Baptist Convention <laughs> but it caused some and um, there were you know some people uh, during the, the t- open mic time the miscellaneous time there were uh, I move that uh, we uh, ban all mm-hmm. uh, political figures from mm-hmm. uh, being a part of the convention, mm-hmm. and then there was a lot of amens, and then you know some of the opposite like stuff. That, I mean, it's kind of—I mm-hmm. wouldn't say fifty-fifty, but there was a, a you know a big group that was right. all about it, right. and you know that kind of not saying that that all mm-hmm. those people who were happy political figures were right. speaking were necessarily uh, yeah um, in sin yeah. or anything like that. One of the things I remember was. Pence's speech, and we didn't even stay for that. We went and had lunch and watched it on our phone because the security was not worth dealing with. Um, but one of Pence, a lot of what he was speaking on was, we have radical Islam on the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're making strides and combating terrorism, and that's great. And you know, as an American, I supported pretty much everything he said. Then later on. Uh, I think it was David Platt at the time was was president of the uh, International Mission Board. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how our missionaries are in radical Islamic countries reaching people for Christ. Yeah. And it it was just, yeah, Mm -hmm. it it was an illustration. And this is something that me Mm -hmm. and you as as church leaders Mm -hmm. had been dealing with and struggling with for years. It was something illustrated on the conventional level, level. Neither side necessarily wrong. I mean, it's not wrong to be patriotic and to love your country and support Mm -hmm. your country, but the purpose is is so far apart sometimes. Um, I mean, really, the purpose of... I mean, the Great Commission is to go to the nations, Mm -hmm. uh, not go to your community, just your community or your state or country. Mm -hmm. It's, It's beyond that in your nations and uh, the banner of yeah. Christ. Uh, every believer is under the banner of Christ. Yeah, you don't you don't go in your church and lock your door and keep certain people from coming in, yeah. and that's really kind of the message 
I know Pence wasn't talking about yeah. you know your local church, but if I was to take that home and apply it to the church, what he said that, you know, I would be vetting people at the door and you know, right. but in some way you know we we do that when, when we when people want to join the church whether or not they're regenerate or not. But I'm talking about like, um, you know, somebody comes in it's a different ethnicity we, kind of stiff arm them or, you know. I mean, the list can go on and on. Yeah, there, but yeah. it's two almost two separate ways of thinking. Uh, one is kingdom, so apply it to the local church. One is kingdom, with the small K. We're building our little castle, mm-hmm. and the other is big K, kingdom. Kingdom. Outward. I mean, really, what it does is reveal where your heart is. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if if you support, I, I wouldn't say full blown like like, you, like you're saying like people getting like I think it's okay to be patriotic, yeah, but absolutely. not when it overcomes your identity in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't plan that. <laughs> no, I didn't either. Um, but like, I think it's fine. You know, like like you were saying, like to say that you know, I think defending American citizens is a is a top priority of the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But at the same time, I think one of your priorities should also be how do we reach the world yeah and i think you lose that with and not what pence was saying because no, right. i didn't necessarily hear what he said but yeah it was just it was not the place yeah the the convention meeting wrong place in time the convention yeah. meeting mm-hmm. is the place where southern baptist churches come together to mobilize and equip the local churches yeah. to take the gospel mm-hmm. And to worship God yeah. and and all of that, mm-hmm. that's not what the Southern Baptist or any mm-hmm. uh, Christian organization should be about. Right. Uh, should we support our country? Absolutely, but when you start talking about the the calling of the church, uh, mm-hmm. we will we will be worshiping Jesus long after the United States or any mm-hmm. other country has come and gone, mm-hmm. and that's the calling of the church. Right. Yeah, and. I'll never forget this. It was after, I think it was Fourth uh, of July or one of the services that we had here at the church. And, um, you know, and we, we said the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, we don't do that every Sunday. And, and we try to find a spot in the service that is uh, separate from worship. You know, but then still respectful to our veterans or whoever. Yeah. We it's not part of our worship. It should be separate. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you yeah, know, like you said, we're not saying don't do any of that ever. Mm-hmm. It's just really important for the Christ follower to mm-hmm. differentiate right. that the two are not melded together. And kind of before we move on, kind mm-hmm. of maybe the last thing on this, is, and the reason I think that it's this is so important to me is I remember sitting in a meeting um, of community meeting and a person standing up just teary-eyed about how thankful he was to be an American citizen and to be able to go to church. Those were his two words, go to church and be mm-hmm. an American citizen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I may have misread that completely, mm-hmm. but it really seemed in the way that he was mm-hmm. speaking that, that the two were one and the yeah. same. And it just I just remember that day thinking, Man, what about believers over overseas who yeah. mm-hmm. um, who love Jesus and are in oppression? Right. Are, are they any different? Are they blessed in you know as far as in their faith and salvation than mm-hmm. than we are? I would say probably actually they 
are more than likely have a stronger mm-hmm. faith than we do, um, yeah. having to face uh, persecution mm-hmm. on, on the regular. Yeah, and Some of that comes from being in a cultural bubble your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you don't think globally about yeah. the kingdom, you know, and anything that comes in is not welcome. Yeah. That's just that way of thinking. Anyway, we're going to come back and um, look at a few verses of Scripture on the work of the Holy Spirit, and we will uh, sample some coffee in a moment, too. Today is the Ethiopian Gira Nana Chala. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it sounds like we're going to Wakanda today. But uh, anyway, we're sampling that coffee, and uh, we'll give it an honest review at the end, so stick around. Pastor Larry, what are some maybe some Scriptures that uh, you would go to uh, just to, to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit or the mm-hmm. uh, w- what the Holy Spirit does. Okay. Last, uh, I think last episode, well, episode two, we did talk about a little bit of of the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me see what we, okay, yeah. So uh, the Holy Spirit teaches, um, inspires, um, guides and leads. So Ephesians 4, 20, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. I believe we mentioned John 4, 26, 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. Uh, or we can talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in the active part of bringing us alive, which is Ephesians 2, um, 1 through 6. So let's read. We'll read that. Um to Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, by grace you have been saved. This is probably what Ephesians 2 is probably known for, verse 8 and 9. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at the work in at work in the sons of disobedience. Every time I hear that, you want um, dead and trespasses in sin. I, I get this image of the walking dead. I don't know why, you know. And I have watched the show, The Walking Dead. And um, I, I don't know, for some reason, that's the image yeah, that I, I th- get. I think that's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you might, for a person who is in their sin, uh, you know, according to these verses, are, are the walking dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They may be physically alive, but completely dead spiritually mm-hmm. and scripture is clear with that uh jesus said jesus himself said paul said all throughout uh, scriptures particularly romans 6 about how uh the lost person is a slave to sin mm-hmm. is dead in their sin um like i say you may be physically alive but you can't help but sin right. yeah. um, you know when we read uh scripture that says uh, no one is righteous no not one or uh in Isaiah where it talks about uh, even our righteous mm-hmm. works or mm-hmm. filthiness before Filthy God. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we are the walking dead. We are like zombies. Um, I think of that show, if, if you want to use that analogy, the only thing that they're doing is uh, just walking around aimlessly devouring whatever they mm-hmm. can find. And that's what sin does in our heart. Uh, we walk, you know, we walk around aimless, aimlessly being devoured by sin uh, without mm-hmm. even knowing it, before the work of the Holy Spirit, 
I think it's an even better metaphor because zombies are never satisfied. Yeah. By mm, what yeah. they consume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gonna get me? You gonna get me preaching? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. But you know, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It's, uh, um, we don't without the work of the Holy Spirit. That's where we are. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week, quickens our heart uh, to salvation. Mm-hmm. Th- that's who we are and where we are. Yeah, so if you read Paul's writings, uh, the letters, uh, Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians, to the churches in Galatia, Paul has a habit of, of pitting the way you used to be versus who you are in Christ now. But you used to walk like this, but you're not anymore. You should know better. Oh, foolish Galatians who have bewitched you, um, you know, who, ha- you know, who has led you astray. And so he says the same thing here in Ephesians. He says, um, you uh, were once um, sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires, the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. But God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. So there's the, together with Christ, by the grace you have been saved. All right. And so there's the, the work of, of the Holy Spirit making us alive, quickening, quickening us, making us alive, and raised us up with him and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's, it's talking about... Um, where you are positionally in Christ now, you know, we are sons of God through Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit. So in, uh, in that, almost you have this triune fashion of uh, the work of salvation, God the Father, uh, God the Son, and of course, God the Holy Spirit. So, so that in coming ages might show the immeasurable riches of his grace towards us in Christ. Here, here's the verse. Uh, probably what is most well-known, Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no man or no one may boast. So the work of salvation is not a work we do. It's not baptism. Mm -hmm. It's not doing good works. Those things, you know. Yeah. So I like Ephesians 2, 8, as far as talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, active in salvation. And, of course, there's other things that we talked about, I think, last episode on uh, being the comforter, um, leading, illuminating the Scripture, um, teaching, guiding, those type things. So that's probably where I would go. Yeah. Yeah, and I know uh, we've mentioned the verses before uh, in previous episodes. Uh you know, where Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one that I, I like to go to, uh, particularly in sharing the gospel, is uh, Romans 5, 8. And while we were yet sinners, mm-hmm. this is, uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And again, it kind of illustrates this. We did nothing to come to God. Uh, mm-hmm. He did everything. He did the work. He did the convincing of our heart. Uh, he drew us to the truth, and he saved us. And that that's a comfort. That really is a comfort in all aspects of the Christian life. It's a comfort that 
We don't have to do enough good to please God. We, we actually know we can't. But it's also a comfort in knowing that we don't have to convince anyone right. to follow Christ. Um, God does call us to be obedient yeah. in taking the gospel um, and it ever being on our lips to right. to everyone under our influence. Um, but that's that's where our responsibility really ends um, is being obedient. Well, we do need to be uh, knowledgeable in the word as best as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need to study the word and know the word. But we don't have to worry about knowing the right answers in the moment. Um, we don't have to worry about saying saying it nicely mm-hmm. to convince somebody. Uh, yeah. God does that work. He does the convincing. Mm-hmm. He just calls us to to be obedient. Yeah, there's a there's a quote from R. C. Sproul. I I can't think of it right off the top of my head. So maybe we can do some homework and throw it up on the screen. Uh, but in essence, what R. C. says about the work of salvation is the Lord didn't just throw us a life preserver. Okay, He went down to the bottom of the ocean, rescued the dead corpse off the bottom, put it up on land, and breathed life into it. So it's all of his work. Now, now I can't quote it exactly like he put it, but uh, maybe we can find that quote and, and I'll put it up there. But say, yeah, that's it's all the work of Christ as far as... Uh, his work is sacrifice, okay? So yeah. we we bring nothing to the table. And we do have this discussion sometimes amongst some of our groups we're in, small groups, about free will. And um, and uh, you, I know you're a seminary student and <laughs> having that recent, you know, discussion on free will, free will, free will versus predestination, which yeah. – so. Okay, so in the act of regeneration, what does that mean? Uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus, as we mentioned earlier, that um, that you must marvel not, you must be born again. And sometimes I've heard people say from other denominations, well, that's a Baptist term. <laughs> it's a Jesus term. Yeah. It means to be born anew, born afresh, born from above. Um, how I don't understand. How Did they really just say they don't like how Jesus said that? I don't know. They, they say what? Well, what they would say would be that the Baptists have made it into uh, you. You you got to be regenerate in that way, and I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not just a Baptist term, you know. You're just doing what Scripture says. Any Orthodox Orthodox believer would yeah. would uh, would say that too. Yeah, and I think you know. I, I hate to keep going back to the Walking Dead analogy, but uh, you say regeneration, and mm-hmm. I think of like when you if you read in the genre of like zombie literature or comics or movies yeah. they always call them reanimated mm-hmm. and it's like this idea of the undead or you know they're walking around but they're not alive but they're not completely right. dead and and on that same idea regenerated mm-hmm. uh that's what happens to our heart and it's uh, our heart was dead right. but we're not undead we're completely regenerated mm-hmm. Um, I've heard people describe when someone comes to to Christ saying they pass from death to life. Um, they've come from death death to life, mm-hmm. and yeah. that, that's what happens. We're never truly um, spiritually alive. We're 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 never spiritually alive at all mm-hmm. until uh, until we're regenerated, reborn, right. born again. Mm-hmm. 
Holy Spirit gives us life to people who had no life. And here's a, here's another twist. So I'm I'm not a big zombie fan, <laughs> um, movie fan. I, I mean, I don't I didn't watch The Walking Dead because of the the walkers. I watched it because of the I liked the storyline in it. I couldn't make it past. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically what, the same thing. When they stayed in the yeah. prison for th- two seasons, seemed mm-hmm. like three seasons, I, they lost me. Yeah. But going all the way back to mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, George Romero, um, the very first considered zombie movie, not white zombie years before that, but um, Night of the Living Dead, they never call them zombies. They are this, these things, uh, or they never use the word zombie. Mm-hmm. So think of that in terms of not that people who are unregenerate are things, but... It almost makes me think of the song, the Mirror of Souls song from uh-huh. Theocracy, where yeah. he looks in the mirror and he's like, who is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the first time, and he's yeah. like, well, it's you. He's like, no, there's no way. Yeah, speaking of, uh, <laughs> we have plugged Theocracy uh, many times on the yeah. podcast. Not today, whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> when you have about 25 minutes or so, mm-hmm. download the lyrics to that song, Mirror of Souls. Listen mm-hmm. to the song and read the lyrics. It is a great um, artistic mm-hmm. uh, um, portrayal mm-hmm. of the gospel. 22 yeah. minutes, yeah. four acts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's kind of move on. So I, I think of when I when I think of how a believer, well, how a person becomes a believer through the through the word preached, uh, the gospel preached, the the quickening, making alive by the Holy Spirit, and I'm and I'm not advocating putting something in order. Whether a person has to be regenerate first, hear the word and respond, or if they have to be regenerate or hear the word and be regenerate. That's an age-old uh, debate. So what I'm I'm simply talking about is just the whole work of being made new. Right. So I think of this in terms of creation. Sometimes I, you know, how the Lord created something from nothing, or or created everything, uh, created the world. Um, think of us as new creations or new creatures, uh, being made in the image and likeness. Of God, but now in the image and likeness of Christ. I don't know. Does that make sense? Um, can y'all, yeah, being made in, being made in the instead of the image. Well, we're still in the image of God, the Imago Dei, but now it takes on the persona of the image being made in the image and conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another uh, um, much used verse uh, in. Uh, evangelism and second Corinthians 517 um, if anyone is in Christ uh, he's a new creation mm-hmm. uh, the old has gone and the new has come and I, you know I always use that verse when talking about how I know for myself uh, when I was a teenager and and was the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and was drawing me and it was a process in in, in my heart and I had a time where I was like, well, I've got to quit doing this, mm-hmm. and I've got to clean myself up. Mm. Yeah. Um, the enemy was was deceiving me, mm-hmm. and I went for a while there uh, where I had that thought, and I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm going to come to Christ, but I've got to mm. do better first. Right. And uh, 
um, those verses show us how God literally recreates our being who we are. Hmm. Uh, we, yeah. we were dead in Christ. Mm-hmm. He ter- He transforms us into uh, a person who is alive in Christ and who grows and follows Christ and uh, and grows mm-hmm. in our faith. Yeah, I I relate to that a lot just because I think back to the six month period in high school as a sophomore. And it started with a couple of conversations with you about defending the faith. And six months later, I realized, like, I looked back and in hindsight, I realized how God was working through my life, putting people in place and, and stuff like that. And I fully agree. It's just like you, you, my whole life up until that point, I didn't realize it, but I was had that in the back of my mind of, well, I have to do something, but I'll do it later. And I, you know, that moment when I finally realized, like, no, Christ has already done that. I just need to trust in that. And I mean, it's whole world worldview changed in a in a moment's notice. But um, t- I, I think that's why I, I am so put so much emphasis on um, workspace salvation and clarifying. Like that is, you know, that's where for me where Christianity because we're talking about mm-hmm. what is Christianity, what is a Christian. Um, I think that's one of the big ones is explaining, like, well, it's not anything that we're doing because that's every other religion. Yeah. Um, it's what can I do to get, get to God, but Christianity is what God has already done for us. Um, and I, I think that's one of the things, that's, you know, evangelism. It's a great way to share yeah. the faith. Yeah. It's just say, hey, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life and already has done in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a student ask me uh, recently, uh, how do I know I'm doing enough? And uh, this person, uh, I mean, you don't know, you can never know anybody's yeah. heart, but um, I, I believe that this person certainly is uh, a believer, regenerate, yeah. um, and just wants to wants to serve God. Absolutely. And I said, that, well, the answer to that is, is both. Uh, mm-hmm. You never do enough, <laughs> but if yeah. you're obedient, you're doing enough. Yeah. It's yeah. both. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to uh, do enough to gain favor with God and, and be made right mm-hmm. with God is never enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the Christ follower who God has regenerated, if if we're being obedient to what he's called us to do, that's enough. That's mm-hmm. all he calls us to do is be obedient. In uh, uh, last episode, we talked about nine, um, nine sayings, I guess, or that are unbiblical that Christians say often. Um, cleanliness is next to godliness. God wants you to be happy, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Lloyd, I, I mentioned this on the last episode, but I actually had a, a, a school official where I went to college, mm-hmm. Christian college, use the uh, cleanliness is next to godliness, and they used it as if they were quoting scripture. You know, in the Bible, <laughs> to, a, to, so. to a lot of ministry students were like, yeah, where's that at? <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> so so it makes me think of um, maybe some, I don't know if y'all have ever come across any just, any off-the-wall um, things that people say about the Holy Spirit that we know that's not, that's not true, uh, according to Scripture. Now, a good resource for this is uh, Justin Peters' uh, ministry. Um, 
he has his own YouTube channel and uh, also on um, the American Gospel. So he's on that too. And some of his ministry is kind of exposing, bringing to light the Word of Faith, um, uh, some of the charismatic movement. Not all, um, but he's got a, he has a series going right now that's uh, Why Are Charismatics So Weird? Kind of thing. So it made me think of what is it, uh, what might be some off-the-wall things you heard people say about the Holy Spirit that is not scriptural or just sounds just so odd? Um, you ever come across any anything? I can't think of any <laughs> sayings, but I have seen disturbing practices, I guess I would say, during the church services and stuff like that where it very well kind of made mm-hmm. me have to take a step back and, I mean, it right. really worried me. Um, just off the wall, you know, stuff like that. I mean, can't y'all probably mm-hmm. think of some of the pastors. They can't yeah. yeah. So, um, so I think of that when you ask that question, you know, just, you know, the, the, there's like a huge Christian healing movement that you see that's not grounded in anything gospel. It's, it's all about, I mean, really it's prosperity. Yeah. It's, you know, health, wealth, you know, type, um, maybe not as much wealth, but still, uh, you know, Jesus wants you to feel good you know it's like that's not that's not yeah it's just a um, new apostolic church some new apostolic yeah. movement something like that yeah. Yeah. yeah crystals and like all that crazy mm. stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> laying I, on graves absorbing the yeah 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 I, I have weird. some some guys i went to high school with that i see on facebook uh posting some kind of <laughs> uh, very very much name it and claim it the Holy Spirit's going to give it to me if I believe that he will. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we hit on that last week, mm-hmm. uh, but that's, that's, I think that's kind of the the most prevalent one, maybe a little more loosely. And that I don't think these, these ones necessarily, these people necessarily say the Holy Spirit, they more say God. Um, but when somebody does something crazy, like yeah. goes in and shoots up, I think of when I was in college, somebody went and shot up a, I think an abortion clinic, I think in uh, in mm-hmm. in Atlanta, maybe somewhere in Georgia, and they said God told me to do yeah, it. Right. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if if you would attribute that to them saying the Holy Spirit. I guess when we talk about what the Holy Spirit does and you know, that speaks to our heart, it makes me think that. I don't yeah. think they were thinking that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, or even. It, you know, somebody might say, "Well, maybe God did." They were stopping a uh, an atrocity. <laughs> um, so, taking a step further, uh, I've even heard of people robbing a gas station and saying, "God told me to do it." Or murder, so, yeah, yeah, murdering somebody. So, yeah. uh, uh, that maybe mm-hmm. would be one. That's kind of loose, a loose mm-hmm. analogy. Well, how about how about somebody comes up to you and says, "The Holy Spirit told me to tell you," oh, blah, blah 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 blah. I I had an actual uh, actually happened to me about probably about half a year ago, and he's like, well, "I have a message for you," and the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you. And I'm like, "Okay," I was like, "I'll, I'll, I'll get home soon. Let's join a call, let's talk." And I mean, it was kind of it was a what I expected to be. It was very generic. It was very nothing specific. He's like, "I think God's going to call you to be bold." I'm like, "He's called us all, to be, all bold. To be bold." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and I was like, right, "I think He's going to call you to go and somehow be involved with missions." We're like, all where did you get that from? <laughs> Matthew, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but, but yeah, I've I had a 
actual encounter with that. And it was mm-hmm. both uh, that time and the other time it happened. It was I was kind of skeptical and mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> well, there's a um, I think I, I don't want to misquote, but there's one of those prosperity guys um, who goes to heaven on a frequent basis. Oh, so. I mean, it's almost like an everyday thing. You got a round trip. Yeah. And on one occasion, this person overheard a conversation between God the Father and God the Son. Like, he used the term, was eavesdropping on this conversation. Like, the omnipotent God wouldn't be able to tell that whoever was there was like, I was ever here in this conversation. They didn't even know I was there. Sounds like the feller who uh, got mad when the reporter criticized him of having a jet. <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not him. Okay. But he has a jet too. This person. Coincidence. Yeah. Coincidence. They have a jet too. I'm not. Nothing to do with their. Values. I don't. I, again, I don't want to just misquote who it is, but yeah. I, I, I think it is. But the story is there. You yeah. know, this person goes to heaven and there's another the other person goes to heaven almost every day you know and this anyway it's just whacked out stuff that's not scriptural and why do you need why do you need these other things you know when the scripture should be sufficient and i think that's the underlying story is they do not believe in the sufficiency of scripture so they need something else to yeah, feel like and, and I think that's a big thing. Maybe we should do an episode on that uh, sometime coming up of uh, her- heretical things that have come out of the, uh, the scripture not being enough for people. Yeah. And that, and um, that, just not word of faith. That, um, that any works based salvation. I, yep. I know we, we, I mean, we've had stuff we've had to kind of mm-hmm. steer people away from. I, I know one of the ones. Uh, the shack was one. Uh, the four blood moons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I remember in seminary, um, in theology, one of the theology courses I was taking, I believe it was theology three. There was um, they were they were talking about John Hagee had made a statement um, that. Israel, there was some there was some Jews that were going to be saved without actually being saved, without coming to Christ, without coming to yeah. Christ. I remember that, and it was a big sting, you know. And that's heretical. And there's people in our congregations who love John Hagee, yeah. but he can make a heretical statement like that, and it just okay, don't. People don't think about it, yeah. you know, and so, and again, that's part of the reason we have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody would ask, might would ask, what's the harm in that? <laughs> um, well, the harm in it is you get people holding on to a false gospel for salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, a book like The Shack, um, Somebody might read the shack and and get a a false idea about Christ and and how God relates to man mm-hmm. and and all of that and 
and hold and yeah. hold on to something heretical, and and not and not actually know God. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, the word of faith stuff in that book. Yeah. Uh, I there's a portrayal. I I can't remember. There was a African American woman. I can't remember who she played. She's supposed to be the. I think it's Jesus. Jesus, I think. In the we're still talking about the shack. Yeah. In the movie. Uh, the woman was supposed to be God the Father. Okay. okay. But she was in the form of a person that he knew as a child. Right. Because ch- mm-hmm. it changed. Because at mm-hmm. one point where in the movie, he cha- he actually turns into his grandfather in like a different form okay. to be like a father figure. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about like in the movie. Yeah. Because the main character asks, what about your this wrath thing? You know? Yeah how about this wrath? And so it's kind of pressing on the wrath and suffering. And, um, you know, why is it that people would have to suffer? Um, kind of thing like to almost say that it shouldn't it be God's will that all people be healed, which is a word of faith thing. Isn't it God's will that all people be healed? And what, what, and kind of, I guess kind of what I was saying is a lot of these, uh, extra biblical teachings, if you will, outside of the scriptures almost always lead to a diminishing of the seriousness of sin yeah. and lostness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we love to prop up God as love and he is. Right. And we well, talked about this, uh, um, last night with our students. Um, the, the question was posed, uh, you know, uh, if God is, you know, a good God and a loving God, why, why is sin, punished Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's because in his absolute goodness his love he wouldn't be absolutely good Mm -hmm. if he wasn't absolutely just Mm -hmm. so yes god is love but he's just and sin is going to be punished Mm -hmm. which brings us to the dire consequence that we have in our sin Mm -hmm. and yeah god is love Mm -hmm. he made a way for us to be made right with him through christ but sin is not something just to mm-hmm. gloss over yeah um, with that question yeah. i feel like it's almost not i wouldn't say always but almost always asked from a standpoint of well i'm innocent Why yeah. is and, God, and again yeah. it's a standpoint of i don't want to give up me yeah when coming yeah. to christ is all about denying self and christ as lord yeah. you know romans 10 is is clear mm-hmm. we confess jesus as lord and mm-hmm. you know when I talk to students, especially students who have grown up in church, I ask them, what is that word Lord? What is that? And a lot of times I'll get, well, it's, it's God's name. I'm like, it is a title for God, but it has a meaning. And one of the uh, analogies I use is if you've ever seen a movie, like a Robin Hood movie, I always think of a Disney Robin, Robin Hood when I was a kid, or uh, even like a Lord of the Rings uh, story, anything that has mm-hmm. kings and knights yeah. and uh, they always refer to the king as my lord. He's my master. Uh, what he says, I do. He's the one I follow. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the the idea here is when we confess Jesus as Lord, we're turning from self and he is master. It doesn't mean we're always uh, successful in that in a practical sense. We, we still stumble and fall and sin, um, but he draws us back. Um, he convicts our heart and helps us grow in that in our Christian life. But questions like that, like mm-hmm. what you said, are uh, uh, 
we don't want that person doesn't want to give up their control themselves sure. and and uh, I think that's where a lot of a lot of those heretical ideas mm. come from is yeah. trying to keep kind of one hand on the direction yeah. and masterhood of our life if you will do your answer there mainly maybe it's great you said that because you said what is what does Lord mean and immediately when you finished answering I immediately thought we were just talking about people stuck in their patriotism yeah mm. yeah I think it really reveals, I mean, can mm-hmm. Jesus be Lord? But and you also have that viewpoint, right. not just the United States. I mean, it could be any, depending on where mm-hmm. you live in the world, you know. Um, that's immediately what I thought of when you talked about mm-hmm. King. Yeah. yeah. So Well, good. So as you can see, um, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit has many different um applicable points and discussion points so as you can see we talked from everything from cultural christianity to nationalism to the walking dead you know to <laughs> whatever it might be and so that's always good um so we could try to come back next week or next time i should say and uh we'll talk about the paraclete and what that means well i will say before we uh wrap it up uh, last time you gave a shout out to some young people and it, mm-hmm. it is it has been very encouraging yeah. um, for some some feedback we've had from um, some of our students uh, Jake uh, reached out to me this week and just talked about how um, he has a 30 minute ride to school and he listens on the way to school and uh, how it kind of sets the tone for the day of just mm-hmm. thinking on spiritual things so uh, if you're a young person listening or anybody let us know we'll uh, Mm-hmm. We'll uh, give you a shout yeah. out, but more importantly, uh, encourage your friends to listen. Encourage your friends to think deeply on the things of the Scripture, mm-hmm. and uh, it's an encouragement to us to know that uh, that this is uh, being beneficial yeah. and um, um, edifying to you guys. Yeah. yeah. So we're not setting out to get millions of subscribers. If you know, if we can help people to think a little bit clearer on, on Scripture and the things of God, that then we've done what we've set out to do. Yeah. So, All right, so the Ethiopian Gira Nana Chala. T'Challa. Chala. So what do you think? Now let me read you the description of this. Yeah, read the description. Okay. So uh, Sweet Maria is my supplier. <laughs> Larry likes Sweet Maria. I, I go with... Coffee bean corral, but uh, anywhere that will get you mm-hmm. a green coffee bean, a fresh green coffee bean. Good. Yeah, this comes from from they're out of California, um, so the the label I'll send I'll send you a snapshot of this if we want to share this. Yeah. Uh, so this has so here's the tones, so white honey sweetness. <laughs> To fruited notes of apricot and peach puree, puree I should say, uh, orange marmalade, and uh, acidity permeated by citrusy orange hints, uh, aromatic of tinnitum and rue, good for espresso too. It says. So, did you get any of that? In I, I got a little bit of citrus. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. A lot of the Ethiopian stuff that that I've had has a bit of a blueberryish yeah. 
kind of. Yeah. yeah, this was a little different. It's uh, uh, certainly different. More mm-hmm. citrusy than the blueberry. Yeah, and how how people get those tones out of that is beyond me. Um, I, I did get a, a little bit of the fruit taste in it, and um, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, and I do know, just reading comments on Coffee Bean Corral, the amount of roasting, uh, how dark you get it, change yeah, apparently it changes mm-hmm. what flavors come out. So yeah. this roast here is a in between a uh, a medium roast and a dark. So it's right in. The best right I can ever there. get is just like a citrus. Uh, I, you know, like you said, the only one that I've ever actually gotten a specific flavor is uh, some of the organic Ethiopian where you can really taste that blueberry mm-hmm. flavor. But most of the time, it's you know, it'll taste like a sweet fruit or a citrus fruit or maybe a little earthy. Right. Uh, but I, maybe my coffee palate hadn't grown enough to be able to pick out all those individual. <laughs> I've seen these guys. Um, they will, they have a specific spoon that they use and they'll, and they'll slurp it. So they'll take it and they'll slurp it so they can, it's kind of, you know, a little annoying, you know, <laughs> but they have the spoon and they'll, they get the taste of it. And I just like to drink it. I mean, I, I mean, if I can get a taste of it, it's not good. Are they, where they wear, do they wear a beanie when they no, do that? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I can't remember. I can't remember who I was watching. I'm subscribed to them, but um, Lloyd, you wear a beanie sometimes. I, I know they ruined it for me. I apologize. Some people they ruin it for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> they're all trying to like anyway. Mac. Yeah. Um, I've been drinking on this for for a while. I got a five pound bag of it. And I would probably, if I was to rate, I would I would probably give it right out of four, somewhere yeah, like that's that. That's good. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I had to have another cup. Yeah, another cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rated. Uh, I've been drinking on it. So mine I, was mine was. Uh, we all split. We recorded this particular episode at night, so we didn't take. We all split one cup, and mine was a little bit cool by the time mm-hmm. I started drinking it. So mm-hmm. uh, I would probably give it a four, uh, but before I really would rate it, I want to mm-hmm. have another cup. Yeah. yeah. So anybody wanting to send us any of the um the the elephant coffee? What is that called? Um the black uh <laughs> oh, what is it? Uh, it's elephant dung coffee. That sounds gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So black ivory black ivory co- coffee. Um so this is supposed to be the rarest and most expensive coffee. And basically two cups of coffee would cost you $130. And so they would feed the beans to coffee beans to the elephant. And then the enzymes in their stomach, you know, they, it would change the taste, take the bitterness out and put the stank in. Yeah. So can you, but then then they would take it, they would take it and roast it afterwards. But my question is not even so much about the coffee. My mind is, goes out here can you imagine being the harvester of that okay let me <laughs> it's like the guy it here's a bean me, it reminds me of the scene on jurassic park when... <laughs> you're thinking that i'm thinking that uh what's it called the animal detective Jim <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
I might put the Jurassic Park picture, but <laughs> Not I ain't that one. That one. Up. <laughs> they they do it with the uh, lemurs too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They, so I they, did, the bat one is you know mm-hmm. uh, that one's been well known for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the 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 coffee from elephant dung. Yeah, um, I'm good. I mean, if you send it to us, we'll sample it. But I'm, I I guess. <laughs> There's, don't worry, we ain't getting any in. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, join us next time, Caffeinated Theology, and uh, grab yourself a elephant dung coffee. And thanks for joining <laughs> us this time, Lloyd. Good, good to have you again. Right. Good to see you. We'll see you all next time. God bless. Thank you for joining us, and we hope today's discussion has encouraged and challenged you. Please join us again next week as we discuss biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee.